Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with my wonderful, beautiful friend, Dr. Peter Rollins from Northern Ireland. Uh, he is a philosopher and a writer. I do comedy on the internet as well as other places sometimes when we're allowed to go outside. And this is a podcast where we discover the possibility of life before death. death. Um, should, should we start by talking about the unspeakable thing? What is the unspeakable thing? The editing of last week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's, un, it's unseeable. Uh, it's unwatchable, I think is the word. So I didn't know. We did, okay, so we're putting this podcast on the Valleycast channel. Super fun, wonderful place. What a lovely home. You guys are so sweet. Thank Kev you so much. Kevin did not get to do a good job. Huh? Kevin did not do a good job. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes that kid just drops the ball. And uh, imagine if Kevin, I would love to see Kevin edit one of our videos in the style of what you did, which is just zoomed in on like i was like is it just me in the podcast um pete edited it and um first I, time you notice first time i've tried to edit something and you so. can't tell yeah no, i mean no. it looks uh it looks like you were trying to sabotage yeah. <laughs> the whole podcast but it, it's fine we're gonna keep more on a stagnant shot but yeah. also um props for trying it like who well, cares thank you i appreciate yeah. that i liked how you kind of very subtly brought it up today it's like uh and oh, about about the editing. It's like, yeah. oh, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't do that. Okay, how do I how do I be honest but not sound like an asshole? Which is probably a very podcast. difficult for you. Yeah, very yeah. difficult. <laughs> so, which we should do. Both a podcast of those are very on. difficult for you. We should do an yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love lying and I love uh, coming off like an asshole. Yeah. yeah, but we should do an episode on the difference between being an asshole and not being an asshole, and oh, see yeah. if just for my own sake, if we can find the the line um i'm not really i don't think i am but i no, you're a very nice guy except every now and then i'll say something to my girlfriend and she'll be like okay oh okay it and is when just your online say, persona Oops. you're just your online persona and your personal persona that's, that's it a, yeah deep Which, down inside you're a nice guy exactly somewhere um it's just i have all these layers of asshole yeah. <laughs> um we're gonna talk today about a little bit about that mm. we're gonna talk about celebrity and the idea of celebrity what it is um i think this is a super interesting conversation um uh, or a super interesting topic because i can relate to it in a small way and also you sent me this video from a um Plastic pills. Plastic pills, yeah. Like very four, good YouTuber. Very good. Like 4,000 subscribers. I subscribe. I know. It's crazy how few. So he's going to blow up. He's been doing great quality theory videos, and they're also well produced. Yeah. Well edited. Well yeah. edited yeah. and well um, spoken. But the only problem I have with him is I don't understand what he's saying. So he, <laughs> he was talking a lot about Hegel, and he was talking a lot about um, uh, like really the real. Oh, the real. Oh, you watched the Capital one on Lacan. R. Oh, yeah. You, there was a video he did in Lacan on oh, Lacan's real. Did I think this that? was the celebrity one, though. He was talking oh. about entering into the real, or maybe it was a different. Yeah, one. there's a dimension of the real that he touched on, and that it was. Yeah, it was one of the more maybe if you're not used to those philosophers, because yeah. he was talking about um, Adorno and yeah, uh, yeah he mentioned yeah. a bunch of names that yeah. I have no uh, no idea about. But what what's your What's your take as a philosopher on the idea of a celebrity? Are they real people? Are they constructions of our imaginations? Yeah. I mean, th so this is the great thing to get into is what is a celebrity? Because one of the things your man was doing on plastic pills was asking, are celebrities real people? Um, which is really a way of saying uh, the image that we are relating to, to what extent does that connect with a real person? Yeah. Uh, to what extent does it mask Someone who's real, to what extent is a completely free-floating symbol? And then what is the what is the purpose of the image of a celebrity? Mm -hmm. What do they do? Like, what is their function in society? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and he started off with, uh, not that we're going to talk about his video, but he did a very good summary of it. Um, he talked about Weber, the um, sociologist. Mm -hmm. He was all about looking at the disenchantment of the world. Modernism is a type of secularization of theology. So like prophets and religious figures of the past are replaced by you know, celebrities. Yeah. And uh, the idea of a <coughs> divine sovereignty is replaced by a human sovereignty. 
And so he started by almost going like, there's a theological dimension to celebrities. That is, uh, man, the moment somebody is like, you know, this is everything is theological and everything yeah. is spiritual. I'm like, okay. But then I get really into it and I get very interested because uh, it's fun to think about. And it is true. I've always equated it to royalty. Celebrities uh, in America are like the British royalty. And yeah. we don't, because we don't have royalty, we needed a placeholder for it. So we have Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And it's funny because like for, for celebrities themselves, right, there's a difficulty because there's a temptation and you may have felt this and no people have felt it, is sometimes a celebrity thinks that people love them and not the image. And I think that's what happened with that Imagine video and Gal Gadot is yeah. you know, somebody mis mistakenly thinks that we actually care about her subjectivity. And so it's always cringy when when an individual thinks that our love of their image is kind of a love of their subjectivity. Yeah. And then at the other side, the, the, the cringiness is whenever a celebrity thinks that they are the image, they actually fully identify with the image that they, they present. Would that be more like Kanye? Yeah, exactly. Who, like yeah. actually, yeah, when you see Kanye, uh, when like I'll listen to um, I Am A God, that song, mm -hmm. I really like that song. And um, I really like the whole Jesus album. Um, and it's very self-aggrandizing. And I really enjoy listening to it. It gets me going. But then when I see him act like that on the, like online, it is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's fun when it's playing a role. Like, uh, have you seen any of The Last Dance? It's about Michael Jordan and it's about the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Were you familiar with that whole legacy? No, nothing. Are you familiar with Michael Jordan? I've heard of him. He's not a what? He's a He's a basketball player. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, he was the biggest star in the world for like six years, seven years. Like the like Beatles level. Wow. I, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely have heard. I, I, I've definitely heard of him. He was like idolized by every young guy who I looked up to in, in school because he was an athlete and I wasn't into sports. But I was like, uh, I should be the kind of guy who was really into Michael Jordan. But um, it's all about his rise, and he's the greatest. He's the greatest basketball player of all time, and it's showing how good he was and what he did and how he handled all of his deals and how he handled like Air Jordans. Like I wear Air Jordans. That's his his uh, shoes. Yeah. Um, well, these aren't Jordans. These are. Uh, you know, these are uh, old people. These are middle. These are middle class uh, dad shoes. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's very interesting because he's talking about his celebrity in it. And then there's an interview with him where he goes in one of the more recent episodes. He's like, I would not be a role model if I could go back and change it because he started getting all of this crap for going and gambling in a casino. And he started because people were like, "You don't do this. You're Michael Jordan. Like you're a you are the purest thing in the world." And he was talking about how, or they were talking about how the media sort of attacked him for essentially being human. And somebody was like, do you think you've tarnished Michael Jordan, the, the good name of Michael Jordan by doing um, this type of behavior, by gambling uh, till 2 a.m. in the morning before you have a game? And he was like, what do you mean by good name? Like, what do yeah. you, like by good name, do you mean I'm supposed to be perfect and I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, this, this flawless character? He's like, because if that's the case, no one can live up to that. And he's incredibly well-spoken. So anyway, it's, yeah. uh, you should check it yes. out. It's really and, good. And that, what you're describing is his experience of the beginning, the split between reality and image. Mm -hmm. So Baudrillard, the philosopher, talks about four stages. And the first stage is where Michael Jordan's just playing basketball. He's just very good. Uh, he becomes an image, Michael Jordan. He becomes a, this kind of like a larger than life mm -hmm. individual, but it reflects reality. He's doing what he loves. The image yeah. reflects re social reality. Then the next stage is uh, the image begins to mask social reality. So the image starts to take on a life of its own. And Michael Jordan has other interests and, you know, has other things he wants to do, like gambling, yeah. for example. And, uh, and that's masked. People don't, they're not interested in that. They're interested in whatever image Michael Jordan is in America. And then the third level is um, where the image masks and the inexistence of social reality. So now what you're seeing is, you know, it's like if it, like a band U2, eventually maybe they stop being interested in music and they want to just do other things. And yeah. Bono gets into politics, but, but now the, the image hides the fact that there's, there's no social reality behind it. And then the final stage 
is the image is now disconnected even from the negation of reality. So now that the image exists with no, as a free floating signifier without any connection to some sort of social reality. What would be an example of that? Well, that would be whenever, say, a band like you two is their image is wholly taken on, say, by consultants and advertising yeah. firms, and they don't have to do anything. The only thing they have to do, oh, K-pop's a good example, maybe. I don't know much about K-pop, but it seems like the only thing that the musicians have to do in K-pop is be a material base for the superstructure of the image. And what they'll do is they'll swap people out. It doesn't even matter yeah. who they are. So they'll swap out figures because literally all, all the singers have to do is provide a material base to for the substratum for the for the um the image to work yeah a um, placeholder placeholder exactly placeholder so they can be swapped out i don't know anything about k-pop yeah that's the only but, thing i kind of know about k-pop is I, it looks like they're so interchangeable because the image is of is, is of prime importance and the yeah. the physical people the material base is literally just there to sustain the image that's so yeah it's so yeah. weird man it's like um i remember watching the miss americana uh documentary taylor swift and she's sort of a, she's a very interesting character in terms of, to me, in terms of just having, um, she's done a, a very good job, I think, of of ebbing and flowing with the cultural um, shifts and sort of like going from country. There's also like country to pop or whatever. And, uh, she, you know, she'll do the Reputation album where she is this like badass, like whatever. Uh, and that comes after 1989 where she's this like poppy, like shake it off, shake it. Like I'm so, I'm just going to do my thing. And then she's got the Revenge Reputation album. And then following that, she's got Lover, which is this way more like chilled out. Everybody, like let's all love each other. You need to Which one down. are we talking about? Who's this again? Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. Cause I was going to use her as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's like a prime example. And yeah. It was interesting in the documentary to hear her talk to her team about like, I remember seeing the post, but it was a post um, <clears throat> about a particular politician where she was like going to endorse in uh, Tennessee, like a, a Democratic senator. And she wanted, was really trying to push, move the dial for this person. And she was having to essentially plead with her team to be able to post an Instagram thing because it's her image and mm. they were not wanting her to do it. They were like, this is, we stay out of politics. You always stay out of politics. Like if you're going to have a long standing career, don't get involved in that stuff. And it's interesting now having watched the last dance because you have Michael Jordan who refused to endorse an African-American um, Senator, I think in North Carolina who was running against a pretty racist guy. And everyone was like, why is Michael Jordan not endorsing this guy? And it was reportedly said that Michael Jordan said on a bus, Republicans buy sneakers too. Oh yeah, so, I've heard that phrase. Uh, that's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, and everyone gave him all this this crap for it. But I was like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm torn on it because you're, if you're a celebrity, you are cultivating an image and there is like a moral duty to, you know, whatever your your ethics are you want to be able to to use your ethics but then if you're building something like celebrity it is a facade it is something that can crumble at the drop of a hat and everyone's seen it a million times and yeah. yet when it's the celebrity that's still like no no do it like endorse it like like you risk it and it's like this whole thing any celebrity from my vantage point can drop like that and people can turn on them and that's also so interesting yeah. like how people the masses turn so quickly and devour them. Um, I mean, like the Britney Spears image of her shaving her head and all that. It's like seeing these people break or seeing these people mess up is people eat that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is where like for Taylor Swift, um, I, that little I know about her, but I did see something and she seemed to be someone struggling with this very thing of like struggling with, uh, you know, the difference between the image, Taylor Swift, the, the yeah. image and Taylor Swift, the subjective individual. And, you know, she's young. So she's, she's looked like she was kind of confused as to whether she is her image or whether she should try to like show her subjectivity. Yeah. But in terms of the, the, the bit that I saw, I think it was a clip from a documentary, but even that, is a simulacra, even that as an image, you know, even her saying, I'm going to be my own woman. I'm going to be a strong woman. It's part of it. It's part of the image. 
Yeah. You know, so everything is very managed. It felt like that. There was a little bit of a, what, whatever you say, I'm going to do this. <clears throat> and it's like, I don't think it's a coincidence that that said while a camera is, is yeah. Oh, Not yeah, that no, she doesn't no. feel that way, but always being aware of the uh, gaze, which I would love for you to talk about because I don't fully understand oh, yeah. it. But being aware that you're being watched and seeing yourself through the eyes of like a faceless other is a, a brain scrambling thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Britney Spears, I feel I always liked her. You know, she I think she seemed to have a break because of a complete uh, disconnect between you know her yeah. image and her subjectivity. Britney Spears yeah. was r- ran through the ringer a little yeah. bit, I think, and she it, she worries me, but also. Yeah, just protect her. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just think she needs to be protected and she needs to be, you know, uh, uh, encouraged because she, like, it's easy to forget now that we have new celebrities and we're kind of living in a different era of celebrity, but she kind of came before a lot of the more, um, like, humanized celebrities. Like, Taylor Swift, whether or not the the image she has is in line with who she actually is, she at least has the opportunity to connect directly with her fans as a real person, regardless of how real that is. Britney Spears, I don't think really had that. Like she had to create album after it was the old school kind of like pop machine. And I think that's just, I don't, I don't think humans can, um, I don't think you can handle it. Yeah. That's something else with the whole celebrity thing. I don't think people can handle it. I don't know that I could handle it. I couldn't handle it in my twenties. Um, one time I was, it was when I, um, I sat down and it was Joel McHale and he told me how thankful he was. That's a name drop. He told me how thankful he was that he didn't get famous until he was in his 30s because he couldn't have handled it in mm-hmm. his 20s. And so it's fascinating that to see people who are in their 20s going through this. And I'm like, there's mm-hmm. the jealousy that I would have maybe had in my teenage years is not there anymore. Well, you, you'll have experienced exactly these four stages that Baudrillard talks about, right, with SourceFed. So you go in, you're Elliot Morgan, a guy you're doing this stuff on youtube you're kind of being yourself so the yeah. image is connected to your social reality to some extent but very quickly then that image starts to take a life of its own and it doesn't reflect all of you mm-hmm. and it becomes a bit of a mask mask some of social reality mm-hmm. then you probably experienced the image then in a sense hides the fact that there's no social reality undergirding it yeah. where you're writing or other people are writing stuff or whatever. And then finally, you know, the image is just completely divorced. It becomes reality. That That's the, that's the last stage is it doesn't cover social reality. It doesn't mask yeah. the social reality. The image becomes its own reality. And then you're in the service of it. Um, and then that's the last stage for a YouTuber is that when they suddenly feel I am in the service of, like I am the slave of the image. Yeah. Yeah. You have to keep it going and you have to, yeah. And the YouTube thing is so weird because the like paradox is if you have any level of fame, then there is naturally going to be an image of you, <clears throat> or at least you're going to perceive there to be an image of you. And yet when it comes to YouTube, it seems like authenticity and transparency tends to bolster this the size of your audience. Like mm-hmm. YouTube is based in like very intimate relationships with your audience and very like knowing relationships. So it's like the more real you are, the more audience you get, and then the more you become almost disenchant or dis yeah. distanced from yeah. the real. Even though, like, I feel I, I noticed in the past two years, I or a year and a half or something, I tend to be very reclusive about posting things, especially like jokes on Twitter. For one, it's not a good time to be doing jokes on Twitter at all. Mm. And for two, there's something about all of it that I've become very like uh, hesitant or especially with the pandemic too. It's just like, I, yeah. it feels like there's too much noise right now, but there's a job to be an entertainer and to be, you know, to try yeah. to make content. I'm just very like, I don't, I don't want to, it doesn't feel, it feels like a job basically. And it feels like having to put out an image. um, And that's like exhausting. Yeah. But then what happens then? So then you go through all that experience. It becomes exhausting. You start to serve the image. The question is when, why does that happen? And does it necessarily happen? I would say that it basically necessarily happens that Mm -hmm. you divorce yourself from your, you start (laughs) off authentic, you start off connecting with your YouTube fans in a very real and authentic way, but you can't help yourself becoming 
an image. Yeah. I, even so, I've got a you know a friend you know him, you Rob Bell, mm-hmm. who's a, a writer and speaker, and I've noticed that when we're talking, I talk about Rob and I say, "Hey, Rob, how's it going?" But then when I'm talking about his work, I talk about Rob Bell. Yeah. Even when when he's there, because and I'm going like, "Oh, that's the re- the reason is because Rob Bell for me is his image. That's the thing. And yeah. Rob is him, and there's an interconnection, but there's there always has to be a difference. And the reason. I'd argue is it's because of what's called the mirror phase. Um, so the mirror phase is this part of human development in which we only come to know ourselves through something exterior. Yeah, you it's never, literally, it means it's when the baby can see that it's a baby in the mirror, right? Yeah, exactly. In the mirror of an, in an actual mirror or in the mirror of their siblings or their parents that they kind of, they, they first see something outside of themselves yeah. and then they start to identify with that image that they see in the external world. So there's there's never a case of the, the, the child discovering their true self. Yeah. You're, you're always discovering yourself through going yeah. into the world. Well, it's I was told I was cute too many times as a baby. Mm-hmm. I was a really cute baby and all my aunts would spoil me and they would tell me I was cute and that I was so funny. And oh, yeah. now look at uh, me. Yes, because it feeds into it as a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I must be cute and funny. And now I'm delusional enough to keep doing this for a living. So yes. it, uh, it's all their fault, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good example of how yeah, you, you become your yourself. You start to desire through the desire of the other. Yeah, oh, know? I must be cute. I must be that. All right, great. Yep. That me. That's me, yeah. yeah. it's a, Now it's like the brand, my whole... I mean, if, and this is not to sound like aggrandizing or whatever, or self-aggrandizing, but the the pivot that I consciously made was going, I'm going to do a special about this. I'm going to do all this honest shit. Like I'm going to be as honest as possible. I'm going to try to take the stuff that I felt like I needed to hide and I'm going to try to turn that into something. Um, That way I'm more in line with whatever my image is. That way, whatever Mm -hmm. happens, at least I feel like myself about it. And I was, I've had conversations recently about certain, you know, events and things and then wanting to talk about things and wanting to kind of funnel them into creative projects and the I was in therapy about it and we we're talking about like a brand and it, my therapist is like hey, your your brand now has become taking like talking about difficult things in a way that you want to talk about them and I was like that's so funny like yeah. it's like the whole goal was to be honest and yeah. then that or, or, or to the whole goal is to lose the image, lose the fakeness, lose the like, I'm just a good like Christian boy or whatever. Uh-huh. Be really real. And then in doing that, that became its own <laughs> brand. Yeah. And I don't mind that as much because I enjoy doing it, but it's still like, it almost feels like, yeah, now that's the job. Like yeah. what felt before like a rebellion against what was already there now feels like the trap I have to live up to or the, the, the you know, the task at hand. Yeah. And the, and this, I mean, some philosophers began to analyze this really from kind of the 18, 1900s, 1800s. Um, uh, and then Baudrillard is the main philosopher of the 20th century who became really interested in this stuff because they began to think that although this is natural, we are entering into a sphere of modernity in which the image becomes so divorced from social reality that it becomes reality. And when you think of TikTok and when you think of Instagram, it's it's hard not to think of uh, this guy Baudrillard who wrote Simulacra and Simulation, where it's like going like, oh, the image is reality. So whenever someone's doing a TikTok dance or whatever, it's like you kind of know the whole thing is artificial. It it, it masks a negation. It's a negation of reality, right? When I, you look at TikTok, they seem to pick people who obviously are beautiful often and rich or seem rich it's all swimming pools and big mm-hmm. houses and it's a certain style not completely but it seems to be to yeah, it's definitely a certain that. style but i've also come around on it a little bit I lo- it's very addictive it's so addictive <laughs> yeah and it's so just like hey kids it me it me elliot but it it very uh it's good yeah it's good yeah it's very addictive but it's it's pure simulacra a simulation of something that doesn't exist it's yeah. a simulation of a simulation and um Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It would be that. I mean, especially the way you can take other people's TikToks and like build off of them and everything, and then you just like extrapolate and extrapolate, and extrapolate. I don't know if that's exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but yeah, there are maps of territories that don't exist. Basically, you know, maps. Yeah. of fictional lands. Um, I don't fully. So, Bo- Baudrillard. Baudrillard. And yeah. what was his whole thing? What What was his? 
So he became fascinated by how how image um, can become its own reality, can can completely detach from yeah. social reality, become its own thing, and um, how we live in a. So, for example, with the news, most of the news isn't news. Most news is opinion about news. Yeah. So when you watch yeah, CNN yeah. or you're watching opinion about news, um, and the, the opinion becomes news. So uh, it's kind of just just this weird kind of space in which. Um, surface becomes yeah. of, of prime importance. Um, now, it, it's important for people. The reason why we like celebrity is because it, it, if you imagine we're like a formless mass and we come to know our own culture through images. So yeah. the, the point of celebrity for good or for bad is that we start to see ourselves in it. That's why people don't care about the more famous you get, really the less they care about Elliot Morgan, yeah. you, what a dream! They care about the image. Yeah, that's why I want to be f- rich and famous, is so no one cares about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good way to <laughs> it's a good way to, to disappear. Yeah, is it's to disappear like, into the image. Yeah, yeah, when it's when it's a smaller audience and everyone knows you intimately, then it's uh, it's a weird thing. Like I have to do either today or tomorrow. Um, I'm doing a solo podcast for the Valley Cast, and I'm like, it's such a weird brain thing to be like, I'm talking to. Like if it's this, I'm talking to you, and that makes sense. But if I'm talking by myself, it's a very strange thing to be like, "This I'm." T- I know mo- many of the people that are going to listen, or at least who they are. I don't know them, but it's such a it's such a strange. Maybe it's also to just I've been quarantined for two months, and there's a little bit of <clears throat> there's such a stark contrast between like I'm either talking to you, um, Grace, Joan, and Steve, you know, family or whatever, or I'm talking to. A group of people who I don't necessarily know, and there's no middle ground. It's mm. like I know people very well that I talk to, or I hardly know them at all. And I I try to be the same for both, but it's tough because the people who don't know me or don't you know we don't know each other intimately. You, it's a lot of disclaimers and a lot of like having to sort of explain things because I'm used to talking to people I actually know, and there's more shorthand and there's more like yeah. oh yeah you get it. you know I'm you get the sense of humor. So especially nowadays, and I don't know if it's like a PC thing or a, a, a mix of that with <clears throat> just pr- progress in general, but it's almost more difficult, I think, to speak freely these days than uh, maybe it was a little while ago. There's yeah. a little bit more of a timidity, um, which might just be my 30s and getting more reclusive. But yeah, I don't no, know. And, and that's what, I mean, Kierkegaard was the guy who really started to worry about media. Uh, because he thought that what media was doing as he saw the development of media and news outlets and magazines and papers is he was like this what this does is it starts to create a kind of herd mentality where the they whenever someone says you know they wouldn't like that or scientists say or whatever it is whenever there's a Mm -hmm. there's this unspoken group that you can't see that's designed to make you conform and uh, for Kierkegaard, like what society will do is continue to develop more and more conformity until you can't be an individual. So his whole thing was individuality is is disappearing because individuality is in a way being able to take responsibility for what you think, to speak it, um, <coughs> and not to fall foul of opinions. Yeah, and not gossip. Gossip's even worse. So like if you say belief is when you you have a, a thought, you have a, a position that you've thought through that you take responsibility for. Opinion is something you believe that you haven't really thought through very much. You just kind of read something as an opinion. It's not very grounded. Mm-hmm. And then gossip is even further away from your subjectivity because gossip is where you don't even say that you believe it necessarily. Say, oh, I heard such and such did this. You're not saying, I believe it. Yeah. You're just saying, oh, I'm just passing it on. I don't know if they did or they didn't. But that's a way for you to say something mm-hmm. without even taking any responsibility for it whatsoever. Wow, yeah. And um, But there is, anytime you feel that you can't say something online or whatever, that is the, the herd. That's the they kind of like, kind of uh, bearing down yeah. on you. And it's very hard to be an individual today because everything is trying to make us to conform to whatever tribal group, yeah. There's part it, it, of. it. It would be a great world if everybody, if the um, incentive was for everyone to be themselves. But yeah. I feel like the incentive is for everyone to, um, yeah. There's a there's a there's a woke incentive in like proving how um, kind you are 
and and like how loving you are. But after a while with that stuff, like uh, I'm watching a lot of Survivor right now, and each time some there's an episode, dude, where this is a previous season. This guy is thinks he's going to get voted off the island, and so they do this tribal council thing. Have you watched Survivor before? No, it's dude, it's 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 like crack. It's so addictive, <laughs> but um. They have this tribal council where they talk about everything that's going on and then they all go vote and they all vote on somebody and they're going to vote them out. But those people tend to go to what's called the jury. So later those people that they voted out decide who gets the million dollars. And so you can't screw anyone over too much. So yeah. the trick is to like try to vote someone off and still be their friend. But this guy thinks he's going to get voted off. And so he gets really upset and he turns to this guy named Zeke and he goes, well, why aren't you telling people that you're transgender? And dead silence and the guy Zeke just his got little tears in his eyes and then everyone's like what the heck did you mm. just what did you just do and he was like oh i don't know i'm just i'm trying to throw things at the wall i'm trying to whatever and you know it doesn't matter because i i work so hard with people and i help so many people in that world and in that community and there was an immediate like uh like I can't mess up because I've done this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. and you can't come after me because I'm such a, I'm a supporter, I'm an ally and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I see people do, th stick their foot in their mouth yeah. and then immediately lean on their like accomplishments, so yeah. to speak. And I'm like, why, why that? Like, yeah. why not eat it for a second and yeah. be like, oh, like I know I shouldn't have done that. And people can't do that. It's an immediate like competition to climb out of it and be like, no, 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 no. Don't think anything bad about me. I'm not sure. And it's yeah. a panic situation because the incentive is to come off as a perfect human being. Yeah. Yes. I don't I mean, know if any of that made sense. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, my only concern is that it's survivor or survivalist or what survivor, survivor yeah. is, is probably, it's so probably scripted and managed that all of that is part of the simulacra as well. We're getting all into a different, we're getting into a different <laughs> podcast yeah. yeah we're gonna have you as a guest on pilot on where grace and i talk about survivor oh, and yeah. then you're just gonna come in and be like it's actually that's actually part of the fakeness <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. all very but it, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah but yeah but i see like this is very true but I've, I've seen an example of this recently actually that at first if you're trying to be you know if you're if you've got a community that's trying to be generous and you know caring online or whatever and uh, you you say the right you try and say the right things and the image and your social reality are pretty similar. And then you get more into it and it masks certain things that maybe you'd make a joke with your friends that you go like, I wouldn't say that mm -hmm. on my Twitter handle, you know, just whatever. And then the image that you have is maybe woke. Um, it then masks the kind of the absence where you're kind of like, uh, it takes on its own life. Yeah. And then suddenly you're feeding this image and you're kind of always having to figure out how do I serve? <laughs> how, do, how do I keep that, that image correct? How yeah. do I? So again, it's just people experience this in all sorts of ways where you suddenly become a slave to your what you think is yourself, but which is actually your persona. And uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost too, I mean, don't we do that in life anyway? Doesn't yeah. everyone do that? Yeah, to you, a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just have it's there's I was um telling Grace the other day, I felt like I'm becoming in quarantine a little schizophrenic. Like there seems to be multiple uh like me's in mm. my head a lot. Like the brain is very bored and <laughs> very uh, just busying itself, but it's like a it's a very strange, like there's a separation in my head. And then on top of that, there's a separation of myself with the the public image and the valley folk and all that stuff and yeah it's a it's a what's the word i'm looking for mm, exhaust it's tiring i think it's a little tiring yeah and a little intense but yeah it's an, yeah. it's interesting but it also yeah it's a the internet has changed or do you think the internet has changed celebrity a little bit from because when you think mm -hmm. of the media i think the internet is is being um is like, yeah, is what it all goes back to really right, nowadays. Like the internet and the way that information is spread so rapidly um, allows celebrities to come and go like really yeah, quick. Yeah, really quick. Like these TV shows that have, you know, <clears throat> they, they make people and then, but the next season they're completely forgotten. Like it's just about make, it's, I suppose it's like music magazines where you get the next mm -hmm. big band on the front cover and it has to be exceptional. The, the issue is, which is very difficult is, uh, news has to be about the exception, something exceptional. But when news is 
ubiquitous, then everything has to be made exceptional. Yeah. So music magazines have to constantly have the next big thing, the, you know, the next uh, big star. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then the next month, it's it's somebody else. Different product. The, yeah. Different product. Different, Upgrade. Yeah. Um, and then now with, with things like Snapchat and TikTok, it, it gets even more interesting where you get celebrity for the sake of celebrity without being a celebrity, mm-hmm. right? That, which is interesting where you can kind of like build a massive following um, with, you know, for, for seemingly. Yeah. A, so uh, what is the real? What is the? Huh. So, well, okay. In, in relation to this conversation, um, this could be a way of thinking about how the image can, um, there can be something good coming out of this image. So, because the problem with the with the imaginary realm with and think about Instagram as a good example is the image is perfect. I mean, the image starts to give you a sense of wholeness, completeness, mm-hmm. a sense of happiness. Uh, like a lot, there's a lot of positivity stuff on on Instagram. How to be happy and people mm-hmm. like being positive, which by the way means, of course, <clears throat> accepting what is. If you're happy, you don't have to change anything, right? So, about how to be happy, how to basically conform to society, find a way mm-hmm. to you know, find contentment in this current situation. And so you get lots of things on Instagram that are about, that give you a sense of an image of what you think you would need to be, to be happy, to be whole, and to be complete within the current social structure. Um, the real um, is, is, the, is, is where that cracks, where that breaks. In, in, exa- in, in the example of the image, uh, the real would be, a kind of a, a realization with that that what you're seeing doesn't work. That that it's the, the it's the elevator scene in Drive, which I think we talked yeah. about last week. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling beating the shit out of that guy. Yes. So there there is it like there is. A is that sense, right? Am I right when I say that? Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like I'm. It's, I'm finding it hard to remember the scene, but I do remember it's, the scene. Yeah, and you I watched re- it more recently than me. <laughs> watch that, and I'm reading uh, the Todd McGowan book. But oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, um, the ele- yeah, it's basically. She views the driver as this like very kind-hearted romantic guy. That's the only image of him that that she's seen. And then he kisses her. Oh my god! Sweeps her off her feet and then beats a guy to death, basically in an elevator. And it reveals nothing about him has changed, but she then sees the full, more full picture of what he actually is. And the image that she had before is not in is not tenable with the. Yes, it fractures. It fractures the yeah. image that she had of him. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a, there's a sense in which, like, there's two bad ways this can be done, and maybe a good way. So one bad way it can be done. It's not bad, bad, bad for the celebrity. Is with the Gal Gadot thing, right? She gets on, does this Imagine song. Everybody, she does break her image a little bit. So kind of there's a there is a kind of a breakdown of the image. Um, or on the other side with somebody fully identifying with themselves mm. is also a bit cringy and, and breaks down the image. Um, so those are those are ways in which I guess you start to see the vacuousness of the image. Yeah. And, uh, that's that's maybe an experience of the real. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, yeah, there's something about that video. How much did you watch it? Which video? The Imagine video? Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. You watched the whole thing? Uh, I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I so, saw... I couldn't get past. I don't think I could maybe five seconds of it, but um, it's almost like yeah, when you reveal the the, I guess that would be real, right? Like the more authentic version of yourself to the public when you're someone like Gal Gadot and you're you're Wonder Woman, and then all of a sudden you're just sort of like being real and you. Yeah, there's something about that sort of like it's jarring jarring yeah, yeah. that's what it is yeah, yeah it's jarring and it's like oh no yeah that, i mean that's why that's why i thought this would be a good topic because in in this pandemic where all of these celebrities don't have their image makers the people who actually control and own their image and use their image where they're sitting at home thinking i can use an iphone and do a gig with yeah. my iphone is you're seeing now the disconnect between the the individual and the image it's also just like you know, it's a group of rich, famous people who maybe some of them didn't think this directly, but Gal Gadot presumably was like, you know what the world needs right now? Me. Yeah. And yeah. there's something about that that is, uh, it's you're not making content. That's different. Like, I can understand, 
you know, in this era or this time as a creator being like, I'm going to get to work and I'm going to write this, I'm going to film this, I'm going to shoot this and create something that's some version of yeah. like a product. But to to take away the product and just be the thing behind it yeah. and be, you know, and yeah. think that that is going to be this game changer um, and, and end up being so tone deaf is uh, a... Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's basically in this, uh, like in this era of the hyper real, the what a, a, what an actor has to do or a musician has to do, and it's not a good thing. But their job, why they're getting paid, is to just feed the image, yeah. to maintain the image, to allow it to continue. And um, whenever the celebrity thinks, oh, actually, no, I'm going to, you know, reveal I myself, I got this, and and they they mistakenly think that that we're relating to them and not forming ourselves through their image then it's embarrassing it's just embarrassing there is a dis there's a disengagement i think though that i think it's so fun like mm. if there's i'm excited now because i think especially as this starts to slowly calm down i'm excited to sort of start experimenting a little bit more with the ability to create some kind of an image i was in the last dance this is i think why i brought it up originally but forgot um one of the big characters is Dennis Rodman. Do you know who that is? No. Dennis Rodman is a basketball player for the Chicago Bulls, and um, he he dated Madonna for a second, and he's a very loud character. He wears incredibly, and at the time, that was pretty insane. He would wear these crazy fur coats, and he would, uh, crazy glasses, and he'd dye his hair all different colors, and he'd burst out onto the basketball court, you know, alongside Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and he would just be this colorful-looking guy. And... <clears throat> He was interviewed, <clears throat> excuse me, by Barbara Walters. <clears throat> and she's like, why are you doing this? Like, why do you dress like this? Like, why, what's the deal? And um, <clears throat> he basically said, like, I want to be a kid. He's like, I enjoy it. And someone else was saying that when he dated Madonna, Madonna was like, you can be whoever you want to be. Do not let them uh, put you in any kind of particular image. You can be as loud and as strange as you want. <clears throat> He goes and becomes loud and strange, and loud and strange becomes his yeah, entire becomes, thing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's it it's very fascinating, very interesting, and it it, it specifically with the um, entertainment industry. I'm a big fan of like agents, managers, and teams, and lawyers who will pe be the people who will listen to Taylor Swift and be like, maybe don't don't do that. Not because I think it's necessarily a good thing that you're stifling people's authenticity, but you are creating a product and why not have people who are better at it than you are? Like, yeah. I know I'm not a good, I'm not good at creating a, an image. Um, but I know that I can, I'm good at listening to other people who do know what they're talking about. And that is only important if you want to be, have longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think there is the, there's one, way in which maybe um the real can be expressed in a good way and a celebrity oh, yeah. can maybe do something good and because i said that, like the two bad ways are taylor swift th thinks that thinks that we all love her as an individual and we don't know her and whatever and she, or she mistakes herself for her image right you know those are problems but it is possible to create an image that auto deconstructs itself an image in which you're not trying to put your subjectivity into it uh, and you're not identifying with it, but you create an image that um, that has cracks and fissures and ruptures within it. And comedians, I think, are very good at this. It's the best. Yeah, comedians, get, it's the best thing. It's yeah. the best. Because the, you can you can make the self-deprecation part of the humor, but it still isn't you being subjectively in it. You mm -hmm. know, that's still part of the stick. Yeah, but, you know, it's ahead. a life hack. Yeah, yeah, it's a way to get around a lot of it. Um, <clears throat> I was writing this thing <coughs> yesterday about self-deprecation, and it was called, I might post it, it was like a medium, on that you know, site medium. I was oh, yeah. a personal blogger, I was bored, but um, it was called How Self-Deprecation Lost Its Luster, mm -hmm. and it was about how recently I've been thinking a lot about self-deprecation because at the Valley Folk, we'll do a lot of self-deprecating humor. And then I feel like when I did my special, um, the holy shit one, it was like, I'm going to be as self-deprecating as possible. And I knew at the time that if I was self-deprecating, I probably couldn't get canceled because no one's going to, no groups are going to stand up and be like, how dare you be mean to you? Like, yeah. you, <laughs> because A, I'm an individual and those are people who, you know, th those are people fighting for groups. So mm. who cares what I have to say? And also it allows me to speak from a place of, 
to say things from a place of this is me being stupid, this is me being an idiot, and hopefully that, you know, is of value or whatever. But now I'm like having not being in that. There's something about self-deprecation now that no longer seems to be that funny to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it's also starting to feel like a brand and it's starting to feel a little dishonest. It's starting to feel expected that I go, oh, I just suck it whenever. (laughs) I'm not a good, we're not good business people. We don't want to. And it's just like, stop. Like it's exhausting and it's not fun. That image isn't fun anymore, but it's also not very easy to be funny uh, while doing the opposite of self-deprecating humor and being like, no, like this is, this is it. Yeah. So it's a fine line. It's a I fine guess. line. Yeah, I suppose. And it is constantly changing. So in my line of work, right, how does this look? It's like, um, I suppose it's like, so in, yeah, in my line of work, you want people to identify with the image to some extent and go, oh, there's something you're saying that is useful to me mm-hmm. and they, and you let people feel like that. And there might be something useful just as I find something useful in other people I read, but then there's enough ambiguity in what I say. And there's enough, um, uh, uh, uh tension that people then need to think for themselves. So you kind of want to create an image that doesn't provide the solution and the answer and that people don't kind of like uh, is an ideal. It's something that ultimately allows people to, it helps people become responsible for themselves. It helps yeah. people think for themselves and become responsible for themselves. Yeah, man, you, uh, you've nailed it. Like you, to, to your credit, I think you have done such a great job in your community of being really good balance between authentic Pete and also like leaving room, like leaving space for people to not know about you, which is really, uh, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just jealous of it, but it's like very cool to see because it allows people to take what you say a little bit more seriously and a little bit more because you're coming from a place of like your words are your your brand. Like you are able to go, this is my whatever. And you're keeping stuff, you're keeping stuff, from people so that you don't become the thing. Like yeah. you don't become the the uh, the guru. Yeah. And it's very interesting because there's, you know, it's a we joke about a cult-like element to it, but the difference between you and a cult person is you're not sitting there going like me, 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 me. You're going, this is what this is what this says, this is what this says, and you sort of then step away from it. And as a result, I think you have uh, many years left. Which hopefully. is nice. Yes, hopefully I'll be yeah. able to keep doing this. If you write yeah. another dang book, I know maybe. I need to do that. But yeah, I like the, the the term "the last guru." I think we've talked about it before, maybe not, but is that people move from one guru to another, one celebrity to another, and often because a different celebrities offer a vision of what the perfect life is. They offer, and and as we change and develop, and we hang out with different people, our our views of what that is change. And so we very interesting. Yeah. You know, from celebrity to celebrity or guru to guru. For me, the, the, the idea of the last guru is you eventually find someone who you identify with and then they show you that, that identity. It's like that there is no guru. They, the, the last guru is the one who doesn't disillusion you about their view of perfection. They, allow you to be freed from any pursuit of perfection yeah. to, to embrace the fracturedness. So that's what the last guru is for me. And that's what cele- that's why celebrities, I think, do have a theological dimension. I think, you know, uh, Max Weber's very right on this, is they, they offer us a view of heaven. They offer us a vision of perfection, mm-hmm. a, a vision of what it means to be non- in, in a non-antagonistic relationship with yourself, to be in a, in a, in a type of heaven. Yeah. And... The problem is they don't deconstruct that. They make their money by always solidifying that view and mm-hmm. solidifying it and solidifying it. Whereas the last celebrity is the celebrity who is able to, like maybe Jim Carrey, as a, it does a yeah. version of this. Let's talk about Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he, I think he gives a good example, like an object mm-hmm. lesson, is he is a celebrity who exposes the kind of the, the fracture of celebrity. But as a celebrity, it's, he's not doing it as in, Oh, I'm going to talk. Even when he does a stick, like he did a speech somewhere where he talks about, you know, being Jim Carrey with awards, whatever. It was uh, the Golden Globes. Golden Globes. I wake up every morning and I just, "Ah, one more Golden Globe. Yeah. Then I'll be happy. See, that's brilliant because he's not 
kind of like trying to say, oh, I'm getting rid of my image and showing you who I really am. He's also not fully identifying with himself and thinking that he is Jim Carrey. He has, he has taken the image that we all relate to and he's created a type of auto deconstruction within the image. Yeah. And that's why that, that speech, I think, worked very, very well. Like it's a properly good speech. Yeah, and I also think it goes to show that like we as non-celebs could stand to give these people a little bit more grace because I don't want to get into like clinical psychology stuff, but just in spe- just in imagining how people are changing a little bit as a result of this pandemic and in <laughs> my experience with modicums of, uh, of, what am I looking, notoriety, I guess, um, it messes with your brain so much. And someone like Jim Carrey, I remember him talking about like, he would do all these roles and then he realized that he basically was also a role. And he yeah. like, he had this death of his ego and he was no longer Jim Carrey, the idea of Jim Carrey, and all that stuff. And it you hear that as a non-celebrity and it's very foo-foo-y and kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. like you're on, like what did you do to ayahuasca or something? But then if you think about it, how could you not kind of come to that conclusion? Like if you become one of the biggest stars on the planet and it's because of an image you have and an, uh, a job that you do, how does that not mess with you? How do you not eventually crack a little bit? I mean, especially as actors, it's especially weird because like literally you can be an actor <laughs> who people love and you're literally reading other people's lines, acting another person's part. Like the only reason why you were picked is because you have a look that the director feels Mm -hmm. is is, is a look that works with that character. So, I mean, actors, I think, can can feel this in a particularly strong way. Because even a musician... Although a lot of musicians now, their 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 music's written for them, they don't really mm-hmm. do anything. But but it, but if you're a musician who you write your own music, you can maybe as, associate yourself with your image a lot more. Yeah. But if you're an actor, you're going to feel this weird moment of spiraling of yeah. who are you and what are you and and all of that. That's so yeah, yeah. it's so good. Dude, one of my favorites um, is, and this is you know this, but one of my favorite band is Weezer. And I, one of the things I love about Weezer is the like meta story that's happened behind the scenes with them and the way that they've consistently reinvented themselves and stayed relevant for 20 to 25 years now. Um, Yeah, 26 years. Um, Is it that much? Yeah. So they've created so much music and so many different styles and they continuously change. And each time they do, there is there's so much backlash from their audience. And so, and as a fan who loves their old school stuff, but also likes a lot of their new stuff, it's gotta be very tiring for someone like Rivers Cuomo, who is just doing his own thing. Like at some point he was like, F this, I'm going to do things my way. And he also embraced, and this is another thing I really like about a lot of, um, celebrities is he embraced the idea that he did want continued success and that he did want another hit and another hit album and another sold out tour. And in order to do that, it does seem like you have to constantly be changing, but not in a way that's too much, not in a way that you still forget the rest of it. And I think he's like Mm -hmm. kind of a master at doing that. And the fact that he, there was a fan who wanted them to do a cover of Africa. They did a cover of Africa as a result of a, person tweeting at them um and then they did a whole album of covers at the advice of their record label that was you know surprised everybody and then immediately followed that released this pop album that's not very good and then they're doing now they're doing van weezer which is a shredding rock uh album based on around van halen based or titled after van halen so van weezer and then after that, they're seventy five percent done with their album. After that, which is OK Human, which is a play on OK Computer, and oh, it's yeah. an orchestra based album that is going to be like this incredible like theater classical rock thing. And I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's it's him. It feels like seeing his celebrity and just using it his ability to have fun and make shit. I'm like, yeah. that makes sense. And then on the inside, his personal life, he doesn't advertise like his too much of his spouse and his kids and all that. It keeps it all away. And I'm like, this guy kind of gets it. Like he's 58 and he's still able to create hits to some degree. And, uh, 
and keep himself entertained. Because yes. I imagine if you are continuously like Jim Carrey might be, you probably get bored doing. You probably get bored being Jim Carrey and having to be like all the yeah. time. That's at least yeah. I feel bored with myself just in my own stuff where I'll hear myself talk like right now already bored. Yeah. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, potentially then I I need to to look more into Weezer. I do like what I know of them, but I mean, potentially like he is not beholden to his image. That's the thing. Like he's just not like the the forbodal or the problem is that we so idolize the image now that you know that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So much so that um, it doesn't matter what the reality is so like on the bachelor or something like that it's it's all of this rich rich wealth but which none of the people have in their everyday lives that is funny isn't it yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> no one owns that house yeah. yeah no one owns it they all live in like a little <laughs> tiny place in you know nashville or whatever yeah. and have everyday lives they're not drinking champagne every day right. and ball gowns <laughs> they're in echo park yeah yeah but so we, we knew and we know this but we don't know that we know it we kind of we're because we're just caught up in the pure image uh-huh. whereas someone like the guy what's his name rivers rivers that's a good name um is um is potentially although he has an image and whatever he's not beholden to it and uh, that's not what his primary motivation is it's also i mean this is i know we differ maybe a little bit on this but he um there was such an interesting it was 2005 and he was um he was doing it was after he did the green album they did maladroit and then they were doing make-believe and they got rick rubin uh the producer who did a bunch of stuff with beastie boys and chili peppers and um johnny cash and rick rubin was like you need to meditate and like learn like maybe try meditation like you're not very happy things are going on and river's like i can't do meditation because if i do meditation i'm gonna lose my edge and i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. be able to write uh you know heartfelt emo pop rock songs and Rick Rubin was like, try it. just give it a try. And so he starts doing it and he becomes very obsessed with it to the point that he basically will do it for like an hour a day at the same time, no matter what's going on. So mm-hmm. there's been stories of them like doing a photo shoot and he'll just go into a closet and meditate so he can like get it done. And he has this Vipassana no, meditation. No, I think it was masturbate. Masturbate, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, right. yeah, yeah, just to Not meditation, masturbate. <laughs> yes, that's right. To really day. <laughs> separate you from yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he goes in, he gets into this stuff and I can imagine that also things like meditation can help this can help sort of uh, at, at its best, I imagine, or would hope that it keeps the person from becoming too like mm. um, associated with their outside image. Yeah, yeah. And that seemed, maybe that also helped him to kind of be able to treat his image like something to have fun with and not yeah. something that's And that, that protects you. I mean, maybe this is, you know, some because we're trying to be practical in this, like some, because this, this is true of, you mentioned it earlier, it's true of all of us. We all have a persona in our everyday lives. Yeah. Sometimes we can start to serve that and then we have to be the funny person. Mm-hmm. I know a friend who often drinks too much and um, he kind of discovered one day, he says, oh, I, I'm playing a part. I don't even want to drink too much and be that person. Mm. But he says, I almost feel it's expected of me. When I go into the room, I'm that crazy person. And what what was happening was he was beginning to have to serve his yeah. his image uh, and what he perceived that people wanted of him. And it was negative. So this is very true of all of us. Yeah. And there's a certain way in which if we're aware of a certain type of disconnect and we, between our image and, and, and and um, our subjectivity. Now, I'm not saying, and this is for another time, I'm not saying there's a true self, that's the thing, but but that, that we are... Um, <laughs> don't get your hopes up. There's no you. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you become comfortable in the dividedness itself, I put it that way. Um, you can also get, a, you, you won't get annoyed or sad when someone attacks your, who you are online or whatever, because you'll realize, oh, a lot of this is people are projecting onto me something. Yeah. And... You know, so it, it it does help when you start. Like a meditation can be, I suppose, a way of of yeah realizing that dividedness, and then you're not going to be so caught up in your persona. Yeah, and the cool thing about a lot of the meditation stuff is it's not about rejecting it. It's about yeah. going. It's just going. There it is. Like yeah. that's a thing, and it 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 seems to help a little bit because I'll I'll get in my head with a bunch of stuff, and then with enough if it is a time where I have meditated or as you know, I can do some of the little mindfulness tricks. It is nice to go like, Oh yeah, no, this is the feeling I'm having rather than I'm angry. And that does for me, it does help um, at times, especially when it comes to, to like, yeah, internet comments. And you see things where you're like, Oh, you're just projecting 
on to me and like that kind of thing. And then it gets kind of sad. Uh, and then you get angry and then you block them and then you make a video about it and then you find where they live and yeah, you attack them personally. Yeah. But yes. yeah, dedicate your life to their downfall. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll show them <laughs> how good of a person. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. Well, thank you, Pete. This has been, how do you feel about this one? I've really enjoyed it. This has been fun. Yeah. Um, I could talk about this stuff for a real long time. And uh, thank you guys for listening. If you've listened you. this far, um, please hit like on this video. Oh, Feel yeah. free to subscribe to youtube.com slash thevalleycast and hit that um, bell. I appreciate you watching this. This yeah. is greater listening. And that's very... Pete know, says hi. And yeah, he... I say hi. Who knows? I won't, I won't do any editing yeah. on this one. <laughs> Who knows if you're seeing just this part of my face right now. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'll focus in on your shoe right exactly, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Pete. Thank All you, guys. Right. And uh, yeah, you can also check out this podcast on iTunes and Spotify as well if you want to leave us a review on iTunes if you'd enjoy it. Oh, but if yeah. you have any thoughts, otherwise, let us know or tweet at us. And um, also any subjects you would like us to talk about. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. You can see it, uh, the catalog on iTunes, some of them on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Elliot Morgan. And uh, yeah. Great. Well, you have to play poker. I have to play poker, yeah. I've got to open up the Zoom room and Zoom play room. some Irish uh, people and cool. take their money. All right, so bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.